Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Listen to what the Bible says. Give, everybody shout give, (laughs) and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you but this is the deal God says you you give a measure he said but after I press it down he said after I shake it together <laughs> he said he said after after I, I put a good measure on it he said and then make it running over he said then I turn around and return it back to you amen pastor and so uh, th- this is oh yeah amen Hebrews chapter 7 let's go there and then I'm and then we're going to uh, pray and after that you can be seated Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, being first translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest, what? Continually. So he's saying, you can't trace his beginning, you can't trace his end. He said, not only that, but his, his, his priesthood does his priesthood remains continually now the Bible says that he is his translated king of righteousness and king of peace right who is king of righteousness and king of peace Jesus so we understand that Melchizedek is a typology of Christ just getting you caught up from yesterday uh, from last week now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils And indeed, those who are the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. I'm going to break all this down for you in just a moment. Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, everybody shout here. All right, so what he's talking about is in the law, mortal men, listen to this very carefully now, mortal men receive tithes, but there, everybody shout there, he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Here we go. Uh, so what, what, what he's saying is, is under the law, you gave tithes to men. But under the order of Melchizedek, you give tithes to God. Here we go. Ah, thank you, Jesus. That just exploded in somebody. Y'all have never seen that. Even Levi, who received tithes, 
paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Therefore, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not, not be called according to the order of Abraham? Again, and we're going to see this in a little while in Galatians. What he's saying, that if tithing was under, if, if what we do as far as tithing, I, this is all I'm handling today, don't miss next Sunday, then we're going to talk about the increase. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about and I'm going to teach you and preach to you about seed sowing. But today we're handling tithing. And a lot of people talk about tithing went away with the law. It did if you tithe after the order of Aaron. It passed away with the law. But we don't tithe after the order of Aaron. We tithe after the order of Melchizedek in whom his priesthood remains continually. Why? Because Jesus is not after the order of Aaron. He is after the order of Melchizedek. Glory be to God. Let's pray. And then you're going to watch a quick video, and then we're going to get into this thing today. Push your neighbor before we pray and say, that's why God has you here today. <laughs> now your second choice, tell them, that's why God has you here today. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Man, God, I sense your goodness on this house today. Your blessing on this house today. Your favor. And I thank you for it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remove all or any communication barriers that may exist today. That they would be removed in the power of Jesus' name right now. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that as the word of God goes forth, you would move like rivers. I pray today in the name of Jesus that from this point on, everything that is said and done and, and even the atmosphere here will be so supernatural that people would realize that they are in the presence of the living God. Father, I ask today that you would grant me a prophetic utterance. I yield this vessel unto you that you can do and say whatever you want to do and say now. Lord, look upon my availability and not my ability. And I pray today that your perfect will is done and your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Open every ear, open every eye, and open every heart. Let revelation explode today, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in this house and through our lives. We give you praise in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And if you agree today, I want you to shout amen and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. I'm in this series called March Madness. And you, there were some clips from what they can, what is March Madness. And that is a, a series of tournament basketball that is, that happens through the college uh, spectrum, so to speak, that ends up with a champion at the end of it. And I'm calling it March Madness first and foremost because that's what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to call it. Somebody say amen. So I, so I called it March Madness, but then after I began to think about it and I said this in part one, 
and we're in part three today, by the way. But uh, the Holy, I realized why the Holy Spirit had me call it that, because what is madness to the world, everybody shout madness. What is madness to the world is wisdom of God. In other words, the world looks at our giving, the world looks at our tithing, the world looks at our seed sowing and says, how in the world can you give and somehow end up with more? It has to be complete madness. It has to be complete. Uh, you're, you're crazy. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it is what? Death. And so what you've got to understand is what is the wisdom of God seems madness to the world. But I believe I hear the words of David when he wrote in the Psalms, I can become a little more undignified than this because I'm not worrying about what is wise to the world because everything in the world is is falling away and that which is of it will be no more. But everything that is of God shall remain because the word of God shall always remain. Shout amen to that. Now let me connect this thing together for you before we go to teaching today because as I was praying this past week, I realized that the game of basketball, and I knew this, but for some of you that never watched it, played it, whatever, uh, the, the game of basketball requires, it, 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 if you're going to win, if you're going to be, if you're going to compete at a, at, a, at a high level, it requires passing the ball. There's never been anybody that's going to win at a competitive level where one person made all the shots. In other words, in other words, what are you trying to say? In other words, many times, even though the ball was passed to them, it wasn't for them. It passed through them. Does this sound anything like the kingdom? Many times when God brings something into your hand, it's not passed to you, it's to be passed through you because that is how you win in the kingdom of God. Many times when God brings something to you, it's not really for you. It's to come through you. I'm going to teach you next week that when your seed is not enough to meet your need or when what comes to you is not enough to meet your need, then it has to be your seed. This is going to help some of you to stop eating your seed and start planting your seed so you can receive a harvest but so the enemy will stop. Uh, I feel like preaching now. So the enemy will quit uh, robbing what is yours. Glory be to God. So church, I just want to go through just a few quick things today. I'm, I'm calling part three positioned to win, positioned to win. And, and I told you last week in point number one, and, and that's all I got to was point number one last week. There is always blessings connected to the commands of God. If God is commanding you to do something, if God is telling you to do something, it is not because he's some egotistical maniac that is sitting in heaven trying to stroke an ego. If God is commanding you to do something, it's because he has some blessings connected to the other end. Everywhere in the Bible, if God says do this, it's because he's got a blessing on the other end of this right here. So everywhere God commands something, it is because there is a reward. Everybody shout reward. There is a reward to you obeying the Lord in your life. 
There is a reward. The Bible says that, that God is a rewarder to those who what? Diligently seek him. And you've got to realize that God, every, what he loves to do is take what we have and make it more. All throughout the Bible, God takes what we have and he constantly makes it more. He takes our natural, adds his super with it, and it becomes supernatural. Uh, Pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Well, you're going to have a problem with the story with Elijah and the widow because Elijah, the brook had dried up and the ravens wasn't bringing no more food. He says, go to a widow that's broke as a joke and can't buy a Coke. He said, go there and I'm going to command her, watch this now, to feed you and there I will supply for you. And she takes her last bit, whatever she had, and she gives it unto the Lord and God says, the Bible says, that the oil did not run out and the flour did not run out until God sent rain on the earth. If you, if you have an issue with that, you got an issue with Elisha and the widow. Elisha, this widow comes to Elisha and she says, Elisha, man of God, you know how my husband hid the prophets. He hid them in the cave and he fed them over and over so uh, Jezebel wouldn't kill him. And because he did that, we got in debt. And now the creditor has come to take my kids. And what did the man of God ask her? He didn't say, what can you borrow? He didn't say, what does the bank have? He says, what do you have? Uh, in other words, widow, if you can take what you have, what is in your natural, and give it to God in faith and let his super come on it, then it becomes supernatural. And the Bible says that every vessel she could possibly borrow, that oil would not run out until the vessels were full. God as always, this is one thing he loves to do. He loves to take what you have and make it more. That's the reason I believe he gets sick, and the Bible says he does. He gets sick of lukewarm Christians. Why? Because lukewarm Christians take what they have and won't give it to him to multiply it. And God said, I didn't put you on this earth to maintain. I put you on this earth to advance. Take whatever you got. It don't matter how little it is. It don't matter how insignificant it may seem. Take what you got. Put it in my hand and watch me multiply it. Give him praise if you believe that in this house right now. Hallelujah. One of the things I was wanting to tell you last week, I don't think I got to, is that the goodness of God always does exceedingly, abundantly, above what you could ask or even think. The goodness, sometimes we forget when we're bringing our tithes, when we return our tithes, and when we give of our offerings, we forget about God's goodness being put on it. I'm here to tell you the goodness of God when it comes on whatever you give to God. Have you ever been blessed in such a way that you could not explain it? Have you ever looked around and told folk, I don't even know how it happened? Well, I'm going to tell you how it happened. You obeyed the Lord, and he said, listen here, I'm just going to stick my goodness on it. And I hear the psalmist saying, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
He says, I'll stick my goodness on it. And when I put my goodness on it, there is no mathematical equation that can explain it. There ain't nothing that you can do to, to, to demonstrate it. He said, it is just my goodness being placed on it that makes it what it needs to be. Can I have two more minutes in my recap right quick? You, you see, we, what we must understand, never forget that God's goodness is mixed into everything we do and everything we are. God's goodness is mixed into it. And if you forget this, then you'll start trying to do the multiplication. How many can, how many can testify of the times where you could not actually do an equation to add up to what God did in your life? In other words, this much was coming in and I tithed and was given and I can't explain this much came in, this much was going out, but this much is left. I cannot explain that. You want to know what it is? It is God's goodness and God's mercy upon your life. Never forget that everything you do and everything we are has God's goodness mixed into it. What does that mean? I'm, I'm going to wrap this up and then I'm going to something new. What does that mean? That means that just because you sowed a $100 seed last year and God brought this in does not mean that when you sow a $100 seed now that that's all he can do through it. See, sometimes we put God in a box and we say, okay, we, we, you know, that's just our human nature. We want to try to figure things out on the paper, right? And so we say, man, if I do this, then God will return this. And God is saying, why put me in that box? Don't you know that I can take a little bit of a widow's oil and I can supply for seasons on end because she gave it into my hand. Why put God in a box? Why sit there and say, Lord, if I give this, then you're going to bring this. God said, why can't I put like the double portion on it? Why can't I, why, why can't I, why can't I put a triple portion on it? If we fail to have a revelation of the tithe, listen, then we open the gate to the devourer. We open the gate to the seed eater, to the destroyer. And you don't want to open the gate to him, do you? I know you don't. You wouldn't be in the house of God today if you, don't, if, if you wanted that. So let's go on to a little bit of some new stuff today. Push your name and say, wake up. Listen, number one, I'm gonna, I want to talk about, there are many others, but I want to talk about three lies about the tithe. Three lies about the tithe. Oh, I feel <laughs> some devils are going to get kicked in the mouth. I'm going to have to get my Air Force Ones cleaned up because there might be a little blood on the tip of it. Not from you, but from those devils in Jesus' name. Let's talk about this first lie. Tithe was established under the law. And since we are no longer under the law, it is no longer a practice of the church under grace. I just wanted to hit the biggest one first. You know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of like me. I just want to go in and hit the big, biggest one in the room. Amen. Let's just. First. Everybody shout first. Now, I'm going to teach for a minute, so I might come out of that preaching zone and teach you for a minute, okay? 
First, the tithe was not established under the law. Tithing is something that God established. I can show it to you in the Garden of Eden. Wait a minute, Pastor, you off. No, I'm not. He says, of all these trees, you can eat. He said, but there's one, don't touch. What was that? That was God saying, this is holy unto me. And when you touch what is not yours and you touch what is mine, then that becomes accursed. I'm going to back that up in a minute. You just stay with me. So tithing is found all the way in the Garden of Eden. So listen, don't get all trip, don't trip out and, and get all tossed up over these keyboard commandos out here. Like I told you last week, half of them don't even go to church. And the ones out here preaching that you ain't supposed to tithe, why don't they start their own church? I'll tell you why, because they can't get nobody to come to it. And if they did show up, they ain't got the money to keep the doors open on it. That's why I tell them, start your own church. Since you've got this revelation, who am I talking to in Facebook land out there? Glory be to God. Secondly, tithing is actually mentioned and practiced 400 years plus before the law was ever introduced to the people of God. The law has not even been mentioned when Abraham tithes to Melchizedek. Glory be to God. Genesis 14 says Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. Thirdly, that lie would be true if Jesus, and I said this earlier, was not after, the, if Jesus was after the order of Aaron as a high priest, but he is not. The Bible says he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek and the priesthood is forever. Matter of fact, everybody shout that on the count of three. Shout forever. One, two, three. Forever. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 20 says, Abraham gave tithes to the high priest Melchizedek to be in covenant with God. According to Romans chapter 4 and verse 16, write these down and study them. It says, Abraham is the father of our faith. Abraham is the father of our faith. Matter of fact, I think we're going to have to go. Let me slow down just a minute. I felt like some people were getting lost. Let's go over to Galatians. Turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Oh, glory. Galatians chapter 3. Watch this. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, hold on, preacher, you're going way too fast. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why did he do that? Watch this. That the blessing, everybody shout blessing. blessing. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. 
But watch. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot. Look, it's right there in black and white. It cannot annul. It cannot do away with. It cannot cross out. And any other dictionary definition you want to put to it. It cannot annul. <laughs> it cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it no, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by what? By promise. Watch this now. The Bible says, you can read all the way down to verse 29, it, 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 it just confirms all that. The Bible says that we are, everybody say, I am, I am. the seed of Abraham. Oh, we got to say it again because it's only reaching about halfway back. Some of the other folk act like they didn't drink caffeinated coffee this morning. Come on, say, I am the seed of Abraham. One more time. I am the seed of Abraham. Watch this. And because of Christ, we have the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham, watch this, through the spirit. So stay with me. I'm taking you through, I'm taking you through a progression and I'm going to bring you back. One day some Pharisees came to Jesus and claimed to be sons of Abraham. This is what Jesus said to them in John 8 and verse 39. He says this. He says, if you were the sons of Abraham, then you would do what? The works of Abraham. In other words, one of the testimonies that you are the seed of Abraham is that you do the works of Abraham. Ah, we gonna go there. What, listen, what was one of the works that Abraham did through faith? He gave a tithe of all to the high priest Melchizedek and he came into covenant with God. He gave tithes to Melchizedek as a sign of faith and of covenant. Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. Since we are the seed of Abraham, we are to do the works of Abraham. We don't have Melchizedek to give tithes to. We have the great high priest Jesus after the order of Melchizedek to give tithes to. And when we do this, we are testifying. We are testifying of God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and God's covenant. The Bible says that when we do this, the blessing of Abraham comes upon your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is not walking in the fullness of the blessing of Abraham because it has believed the lies of hell that has taken us out of financial covenant with God. The blessing of Abraham is not confined to your salvation. Read the Bible. And the Bible says that all the blessings of Abraham shall be upon the seed of Abraham when we do the works of Abraham. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Man, this thing ain't got nothing to do with the law. When God released this covenant through, uh, when God released this covenant to Abraham through Melchizedek, he had us in mind. How do you know? Because Abraham, listen to me, Abraham didn't start out Jewish. He started out a Gentile and by faith he became a righteous before God. He had us in mind when this covenant was released. So I'm not trying to receive a blessing according to Aaron. I'm sitting here walking in the blessing of Abraham because by Christ and in Christ, I am the seed of Abraham. Now, religious people will tell you, oh, that's all that has to do with is your salvation. Man, you can't back all that up. Yes, it has to do with our salvation. But can I tell you, look at the blessings of Abraham. Study them out. One of the blessings are where you're bearing. Oh, I feel like preaching now. You're going to be fruitful. Hallelujah. The blessings of Abraham. That's what is released to us through Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. The second lie about the tithe. Watch this. Tithe is what you can afford to give. Now for all the math majors. <laughs> this has to be the most absurd thing I have ever heard. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. The word tithe actually means what? Tenth. Ten percent. So that means if you're not given a tenth, it's not a. Gonna let that sit there for just a minute. In other words, tithing is returning 10%. Now, this is what's gonna help some people 10% of your gross, not your net. Now, Donald Shockley, I didn't warn you on this, but you're one of my board members, so that, that means I can just call you and do, do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. Amen. I'm just kidding. You know better, brother. I want you to come here, Donald, because we was in a board meeting one day, and you said, Pastor, when you taught us years ago to give on the gross and not the net, you began to talk about something that happened. I'm going to just take 60 seconds on the spot. You, you didn't know nothing about this, but I want you to do it, my brother. Well, you had, uh, you had talked about, uh, about tithing. And uh, so during that, that week, me and Leanne just were talking about it, and we were like, we just feel like we need to be tithing on our gross instead of just our net. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we decided to start doing it. And, man, I, it's like the floodgates. Just Come up, on. Brother. And... and I mean, we have been blessed. I mean, this was years back. Yeah. And we, man, God has just moved and blessed us in, in ways that we weren't even expecting. Come on. You know? And, uh, and it's like, I was sitting back there thinking when you first started talking that when, uh, when I first became a Christian, me and Leanne first started out, and man, I didn't know much about, about tithing. I really didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, Leanne kind of taught me. 
and uh, and man, we didn't have we didn't have two nickels, bro. Come on. And man, we started tithing, and it didn't make sense on paper. Right. But man, everything got paid, and we ate, and we put gas in the vehicles yes, most sir. of the time. <laughs> and, Come on. But but it didn't make sense on paper to pay tithe. Right. But man, God said do it, so we did it. But when you hit that gross, when we hit that gross. The increase came. It was like supercharged. It was like supercharged. Amen. Come, thank you, Donald. I just wanted to call a testimony before you. He didn't have no idea I was going to call him today. Why, Pastor? Let, let me just stop for a minute. What I was saying. Why tithe on the gross? Because that's what you made. Just because Uncle Sam got it, I ain't got nothing to do with that, and neither does the Lord. You maybe, maybe get a president or people in that'll lower the taxes instead of raise them, but that's for a different day. God said you made that. That means I gave you the energy, the talent, the ability to make this. Now, if you don't pay Uncle Sam, they'll come put the cuffs on you. They ain't even playing with you. Okay. He's saying you made that. When you don't tithe on that, you are therefore not giving a tenth. This is going to help some of you. Because I'm telling you, when you start doing this, my wife and I started doing this years ago. My God, the windows of heaven have not closed every since. Give the Lord a praise in this house right now. See, you got to understand a tithe is not what you can afford to give. A tithe is a tenth of what you have made. Yes, sir. Listen to what the Bible says. Uh, that When God calls the children of Israel out on the carpet in Malachi 3, he tells them, he said, you've robbed me with tithes and offerings. In other words, he is expecting his people to return tithes and give offerings. Why? Well, so we can keep the lights on? No. Why? So that we can turn around and make sure the church can stay open? No. Why? So that God can continue to open the windows of heaven over you. Your giving is not about me and it ain't about this church. Your giving is about the covenant that you have between you and God and God so richly wants to bless you. He's just waiting for you to position yourself into a place where you can receive everything that he has for your life. Give him praise if you believe it today. Glory be to God. Luke 16, 10 says, if you're faithful in the little things, then you'll be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest in the greater responsibilities. In other words, I promise you, if you can't tithe on a hundred, you won't tithe on a thousand, and you won't tithe on a million. But if you turn around and say everything, God, is already yours anyway. If you hadn't given it to me, I wouldn't even have it. If you didn't bring it, it wouldn't even be here. So God, I'm going to return everything, whether it's five cents or five thousand dollars I'm gonna do it and keep myself positioned so that everything you want from me I will receive according to your riches and glory my God 
He said, if you'll do this, I feel the Lord. He said, if you'll do this, I will give you vineyards that you did not plant. I'll give you houses that you did not build. And a thousand may fall on this side and 10,000 on the right. But none, everybody shout none. None shall come near you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's the reason you cannot believe the lie. When I get to the place where I can afford it, I'll do it. No, you will not. All you will be is a bigger thief. You got to get to a place right now that says, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove. The Bible says, test me now on this and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And God, it really don't matter how much it is. I'm going to give you what's yours. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you what's yours, God. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Let me tell you this much. It's a lot easier, and you might not think so, especially if you're where we are when we started out. It's a lot easier, easier to tithe on 100 than it is 100,000. You see, because I'm, t- I'm telling you, Vern, I've, I've had the enemy. Now, he don't get no place, right? But I've had him come and say, why don't you count up what you give to the kingdom and see what you would have? Devil, shut up. Shut up in Jesus' name. You don't have no place right here. I'm telling you. you I'm telling you. He has whispered to me. You know, if you, if, if, if you didn't give all that to the kingdom right there, you realize what you could have? All this is perishing. Every last bit of it is perishing. Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven where the moth can't eat it and the rust can't destroy it and the thief cannot break in and steal it. And the Bible says the thief come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Glory be to God. Let me, let me, the, third, the third lie about tithing is, watch this, is people say, it ain't even mentioned in the New Testament. Nor is it taught in the, as a New Testament practice. I've already handled this in some ways, but I'm going to handle it again. Watch this. Uh, tithing is taught and demonstrated throughout the whole Bible. It's called the principle of the first. The principle of the first. That means that what, what I bring to God first, he blesses what is left. It's the principle of the first. This is what I call the Michael Jordan scripture. My, Matthew 23, 23. Let's put that up. Do we have that? Yeah. Now listen, listen to what Jesus said. He said, woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay a tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. In other words, he was saying, you figure your tithe down to, you, you tithe everything. I mean, even what comes out of your garden, you make sure to give God a tenth. He said, but he said, and you have neglected the way to your matters of the law. He said, justice and mercy and faith. Listen, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. 
In other words, Jesus said, let me make this clear. I'm not telling you to quit tithing. I'm telling you, your tithing ain't going to get you into heaven. Ah. I'm telling you that with your tithing needs to come some of the weightier matters of this deal right here. And that's loving people and that's caring for people and that's being who I'm supposed to be to people. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 through 11, we've already read that, but you can turn there if you want to. Mike, people are wrapping up on me. Make it hot in here. Thank you, sir. I got to get them to, uh, they have to hear me. Hebrews 7. Is Hebrews in the New Testament or not? Do you see how absurd man can be when they fall to their own wisdom? Hebrews 7, 1 through 11 is probably the greatest discourse in the Bible on tithing. There it is. It is probably one of the greatest explanations of tithing and what it is and what it does. Glory be to God. These are scriptures. Watch this where tithing is actually mentioned. I can show you other scriptures in the New Testament where the principle of tithing is mentioned. But I'm telling you, when somebody comes up to you, and I promise you, you're going to get so excited. Let me just do this right quick. Uh, Those of you that came down for a job, I don't even know how many people this is going to be. Hopefully the Holy Ghost backs me up on this. (laughs) Well, we out here now, Holy Ghost. We out here now. But those of you that came down for a job on the first, you remember I preached on giving and stuff on the first Sunday I started and you came down for a job. If you have received a job by now, stand up. Hold on. Wait, I see one in the back. Who else? I see one over there. Who else? Is there anybody else in here? I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm testifying correctly. I know there was some more. They just might not be present today. That's two right there in Jesus' name that God supplied for within that. Because they made a commitment to do it God's way. Now, watch this. While we're out there, let's just get on out there. Last week, the power of God, the glory of God hit this place. And unprompted, without me asking you, without me telling you to do it or anything, unprompted, the giving started happening at the end of the service last week, and it went on for about 20 minutes straight. About 20 minutes straight, it never stopped because of what God had done in your hearts. Now watch this. If you had some kind of breakthrough this past week through a seed of that, stand up now. Look around. Look around, church. I'm telling you, you need to praise God like it happened to you right now. Hallelujah! God, oh, I feel the liberty to go on in now. God is not saying, listen, you, I want you to please hear. 
God does not, he is not saying, I need what you have. Are you kidding me? He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you, you like you can give me something to eat. In other words, I don't need what you have. I am inviting you into a covenant. Here's covenant. Two parties bring something together. It does not have to be equal. We know that because God said, I'm inviting you into a covenant that my son became sin so that you may become the righteousness of God. You didn't bring an equal half, but you came into covenant. You laid your life down. And so since you laid your life down, now you picked up my son's life and it's Christ who lives within me, the hope of glory. This is covenant. So covenant is that two parties bring something together. And God's saying, if you'll just bring me what I tell you, watch now, here's covenant. What is yours is mine and what is mine is yours. Oh, and the Lord said, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold are mine. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He said, when you bring me what I tell you, then that becomes mine. But watch this, now what is mine becomes yours. This is covenant. And all these backslidden people out here. Name me one person that moves in signs, wonders, and miracles that don't believe in tithing. Search it. You won't find one. You won't find them. Because you can't be contrary to the covenant and still moving the power of the covenant. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise in this house right now. Somebody shout for the Lord. So he says, I'm just inviting you into a covenant. Yeah, but God, this is, I mean, like, I only made $200, and you're telling me that I, I bring this measly 20 bucks to you, and, and, and what's yours is going to be mine? Yeah. See, this is the goodness of God. You can't explain this. That's right. This is just God. This is just Him saying, I want to bless my children. And I want to do it so much that the world looks at it and says, I want what you have. Wait a minute, pastor, you're talking about they want your house and car. Regardless of all that, no, they said, they say, I want that peace that you got in your life. I want that joy you got in your life. Things, things I'm talking about, I, 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 want, I want it to where I don't, I'm not in fear anymore. I want it to where I can walk in faith like you're walking in faith. And I want it to where I walk in the house, everything don't explode, but everything, peace walks in with me. What do you have? It's called benefits of the covenant of God. Let's talk about three truths of the tithe and then Lord willing, I'm going to, I'll be done. Number one, 
Tithing positions you for increase and harvest in your life. I want, I use that word very clearly. It does not bring it. It positions you for it. Malachi 3.11 says, I will rebuke the devourer, not for my sake, but for your sake. Tithing is returning to God what is his and what he has deemed as holy. When you do this, he protects, everybody shout protects. He protects the seed that you sow through offerings. He rebukes the seed eater and the devourer from your field. Sometimes people think that because they tithe and they've done God a favor. Do you realize you just kind of got equal? That's right. All you did was return him what's already his. Everybody say my increase. Say my increase. Say my increase. Your increase comes from your seed. That's the reason the Lord says you have robbed me in tithes and. Your increase comes from your seed. Well, I just don't believe Preacher, uh, I don't believe that we should, when we give, we should expect anything back. Well, that's kind of like the dumbest thing I've heard too. Don't tell nobody that. Just leave that to yourself. And I know that's, you might think that's kind of funny, but I'm telling you, there's folk with that kind of mindset. I tell you what, I have, a, I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to plow up about an acre on some of my land. I want you to come down there and plant it for me in a garden. I want you to pay for the seed and I want you to use all your time, but I don't want you to expect anything out of it. I don't want you to expect anything out of it. You see how religious that is? What did the Lord say? Hey, let me, let me teach for me. What did the Lord say? He said, you have not because you... Sometimes we feel we have burdened God because we asked something from him. You're, you, you're failing to understand his character, his, who he really is inside of him. He's saying, man, you don't understand. I get glory when I provide for you. I get glory when I supply for you. I get glory. Oh, shit. I get glory when I bless you. I get glory when I turn around and pour my goodness over your life. And then when you think it can't happen no more, I dump another portion on you and you weep because I'm so good. I get glory from this right here. He said, this is how I'm glorified. You think you burdened God for asking? Number two, the second truth about tithing is in Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6, 21. What does that say up there, y'all? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now you understand why the enemy is fighting you so hard on this matter. It has nothing to do with what's in your pocket. It's got everything to do with what's in your chest. He said, I'm going to fight you 
and I'm going to bring back slidden uncles that's out there smoking pot but still think they're saved. And I'm going to bring backslidden whoever else is out there getting drunk every weekend. I'm going to bring backslidden couples out there shacking up and tell you that tithing don't matter anymore. I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to get you away from this because the devil don't want your money. He wants your heart. But can I tell you something? God don't want your money. He wants your heart. And if your heart and your soul, your heart and soul is so valuable that the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light is constantly fighting over it because whoever's controlling it has, has control over your life. This is what it's about. Right here. Your heart, friends. Every time you get paid, you have the opportunity to check your heart posture before the Lord. He said, I don't, I ain't studying whether this is a paraphrase, Flovilla paraphrase. I ain't studying whether you're circumcised in your flesh. I want to know, are you circumcised in your heart? I want to know, do I have a place that I have pricked that can't nobody else get and can't nobody else take from you, and I have that place in your life? You see, when you take what you've been paid for, it's your time, it's your talent, it's your hard work, and you return 10% back to the Lord, that's when someone, you know, that, that's when you begin to check your heart. That's the reason when folks say, well, I tithe my time. I will, have, I will receive that if you can prove to me your boss paid you in time. But you, your boss can't pay you in time because he doesn't own time. I, I, I tithe my time. Know what you are. Oh, thank. Uh, all right, Holy Ghost. You're greedy. And you have unpositioned yourself. You can't tithe your time. You don't own it. And if you do, please give me some more of it. I'm serious. <laughs> you know? No, that's not. What you, what you are paid for, for your hard work, your talents, your time, what you do, that's what it comes from. Glory be to God. The Bible says that uh, let me say this. This is not in every case. I don't even know what time it is again, guys. Somebody shout to me. Okay, well, I only have another hour. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to have to start having intermission in this revival right here. Because how am I going to cut it short? What do you want to tell the people who got saved early? Hey, you don't get saved. We got announcements to do. Then that makes us like all the other dead places out there. They're not coming to those dead places. They came here because somebody told them there's life in that house and there's a spirit in that house and what you need is in that house. How am I going to cut that short? We're going to have to start passing out snicker bars with the communion packets. <laughs> Hallelujah. This isn't in every case. This is not in every circumstance, okay? 
but in most, everybody shout most, in most circumstances, when marriages come in and they have plummeted, and most of the time, we as leaders will go back and find three to six months prior they stopped tithing. Why? And I'm not saying that's the case in every case. In every case, you can find pride. Promise you. But, I, but, but when you stop, you open the door to the devourer. And he might not be after your money. He might just be after your marriage or he might just be after your kids or he might just be after your mind or he might just be after your help or he might just be after the people that you're going to reach. But he's coming in to steal something. This is how you keep your heart posture sensitive before God on a regular basis. Now, this is truth number three. Then God willing, I'm going to try to be done. Tithing releases compound blessings on the next generation after you. Hallelujah. Compound blessings. Now, those of you that have retirements, you understand what compound interest is. And if you don't, just research it. It'll help you. You'll realize you can put this in it and it stays in this, in this stock or whatever over a period of time. And, and, and as long as it's, it's ahead in its, uh, uh, in its percentage or in, in what's being added to it, then over the period of years, you put this in, but you get this out. It's called compound interest. Now, tithing brings compound blessings. compound blessings on the generation after you. Pastor, do you got Bible for that? Sure do. Hebrews chapter seven, verse nine. Watch this. Even Levi who receives tithe, paid tithe through Abraham, so to speak. Verse 10. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Here's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that Levi was not even a twinkle yet. He wasn't even a date. But God said when Abraham, oh, this is about to help somebody. I just felt a push in the spirit. But when Abraham showed up to Melchizedek to return the tithe or to give the tithe, God said, I didn't just see Abraham. He said, I saw everybody that was going to flow through Abraham. He said, I saw Isaac. I saw Jacob. I saw Levi. I saw John. He said, I seen you because you are the seed of Abraham. He said, Abraham wasn't just standing before me. I looked through that man's generations. That's why even if God didn't give me anything for my tithes and offering, I'd still return it because I realize there is a compound blessing that's fallen on the generation after me if Jesus tarries. Hallelujah. Think about it this way. Abraham was journeying to a land, right? Abraham was journeying to a land. 
but his grandson Levi lived in the land. Compound blessing. But, but not only that, a couple hundred years later, it wasn't just living in the land. Now Levi's generation is a priest of the land. Hallelujah. My God, let me tell you something. Every time you walk down to this altar or you take that phone out and you turn around and you return the Lord's tithe and you give of your offerings or if you stand before this altar God don't just see you Tory. He, he doesn't just see you Vern. He doesn't just see you Chance. He sees those who are going to come after you and he looks down on them and he says yes I'm blessing you but I'm compounding the blessings to the generations after you. Oh my God. That's why I'm not sitting here trying to penny pinch God because I realize there's going to be a day that if Jesus tarries, my son's going to be reaping a harvest that he didn't even plant, that I planted because he was with me when I returned it to the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That even before they were present, they were returning tithes. I got to thinking about it this morning in prayer. And I was thinking about uh, the times me and my wife, we had to sit around and, and make a decision. Y'all ever been in one of them decision moments where you either got to return the tithe or, or not do this? Come on, Molly. I've been there. I know what it's like. But I got to thinking about it this morning. And I'm, think, and I'm like, because of what we did, my son is going to run with what I walk with. That means, that means that where I have finally made it to, he starts. Can you, can you see that? Hallelujah. I mean, it's done take, it, listen, I've been living for the Lord since 2002. That's almost 19 years this October, praise God. I've been living for the Lord. And where I'm at, there's a day he's going to start there. And yeah, people are going to look around and hate on it and say, well, he just, he just lucky. No, 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 no. Mom and daddy fought some devils. Mom and daddy fought some devils, and because we beat them, he ain't got to fight them now. I'm going to get there. And so I got to thinking about the times that we had to make those hard decisions, but we still came before the Lord. And this was before he was ever born. Matter of fact, this was before we even knew we could have him. But when God seen me at that altar, and he seen Lisa at that altar, he saw my son there. And what was being accounted to me was being compounded to him. Remember what I said about the blessing of Abraham? One of the blessings of Abraham is that God will take your barrenness and make it fruitful. And this is what happened in our life. That God took the barren part 
and made it fruitful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the blessing of Abraham came on us. Hallelujah. I am the seed of Abraham through Christ. I have the blessings of Abraham through Christ. This is what this is about. I, I spent this whole Sunday today on nothing but the tithe. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the increase, how, how the offering and seed sowing and all that. But I had to get you to a place today to where no matter what, I'm telling you, listen to me carefully. You're going you're gonna to see God show up, show up and show out. And when you see it, you're going to want to go tell everybody because you want people to know about the goodness of God, right? And I'm not telling you not to. I'm just telling you, be prepared. Because there's going to be some folk that are going to sit there and tell you why this ain't for you. But all you need to say is, if it ain't, I sure received this from somewhere. This is the goodness of God when you obey the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Now listen. If this, if Levi received the blessing in the law for what was done before the law, then imagine what we can receive what was done before the law under grace. Man, God will bless you abundantly. Richly. Hallelujah. And I don't make no apologies for it. It's like I told you last week. If poverty was of God, then why didn't he ever bless anybody with it? Let me tell you what poverty does. Poverty makes you do stuff you don't want to do. Because you don't have things that you need. And this is how folk get into a place to where their lives get ruined forever. Because nobody ever taught them there was a good God in heaven that loved them so much that not only would he change their life, but he could change everything about their life. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise all over this house today. Come on, stand up in this place and give him praise right now. You are the seed of Abraham. And you have the blessings of Abraham. Through Christ Jesus. Now position yourself to receive such. Now we've done had an altar call. We've done had a time of praise and worship. So in just a moment, I'm going to just release you. Oh, we got baptisms. Thank you so much, sir. But I know God's dealing with some people today. I know he's dealing with you. And uh, while they're preparing for baptisms, where, where are we at on that right there? Come on, guys, go ahead. and If you're, if you're getting baptized, go ahead and exit the sanctuary. Those of you helping out, go ahead and exit. Thank you. But I'm going to testify what God has done for me. 
Now, I, I, probably, I probably stirred up enough haters last week. So I'm going to try not to do that. But I can remember. I can remember in 2000 and... Uh, Lisa, what year was it that, I, that I've only made $12,000 for the year? 2006, the year my son was born. Now, you think, you think pressure, you think you got some pressure? Try not having no insurance. None. They wouldn't, they, and, and somehow they told me I made too much money to get any assistance. I'm thinking, man, do you see this? I'm below the poverty level. I'm below it. I ain't like right with it. You won't give me no stamps, nothing. I'm serious. I'm looking for something, man. Help. <laughs> it's done got rough, man. Anyway, made $12,000 that year. If there was ever a time to say God don't work or this doesn't work, that was it. I said, no, somehow God's going to come through. This is a test. And somebody said, listen, if you allow on the paperwork, you'll get help. And, they, and, and, and his birth will be paid for by the state. And you want to talk about some temptation? We're talking about thousands of dollars. And I don't have nothing. But I told Lisa, I said, nope, we ain't lying on no paperwork. We ain't lying about nothing. I don't know what we're going to do, but God's going to come through somehow. And I remember that year. I don't know all the details to the story. So if I tell a story, just chalk it up to me being evangelistic. My wife can be a lot more detailed in it, but I do know this much. My son was born that year. We submitted it to an insurance company that we didn't have and they paid for it. And can I tell you that what I made that year ain't even a piece of my tithe now. Give him praise, Ryan. I know you might be jealous and you might hate on me for that, but that's okay. I'm going to give God some glory. Ain't even a piece of my time. And I ain't done because the way I understand it, the Lord tells me that if you'll keep on, I'll keep on blessing you and I'll keep on increasing you and I'll keep on opening the floodgates of heaven to you. I am the Lord your God. I give you the power to make wealth. That's the reason when people see my harvest, and they start judging me. They didn't look at my seed. And anytime you judge somebody with an anointing that you want, you, can, you take yourself out from ever receiving it and you cannot flow in it. That's the reason when people start putting their mouths on people of God that are being blessed, they don't even understand. They start losing jobs and all kinds of stuff starts happening. Why? Because you cannot receive an anointing that you're critical of. Never. You talk about healing evangelists or you put your mouth on them, you'll never move in it until you repent. Cannot be critical of an anointing that you want. 
When I see somebody, one more testimony, y'all go ahead and pull, pull this up so I'll stop in a minute. When I see somebody, my board is here, they, they can testify of it. Facebook land, listen carefully. We wanted a debt-free church. We wanted a debt-free property, right? This is what we did. We found a ministry that was debt-free. I'm going to teach you this next week. You sow where you want to go. You sow where you want to flow. And you sow where you want to grow. I'll teach that next week. We found a ministry. They don't need no money. They got plenty of money. They don't need nothing we have. But I said, whatever's on them, I need to come on this place. See, most folks say, don't you give your money to nobody like that. They don't need your money. Go give it to somebody who's been trying to paint the, the steeple for 10 years. Well, something's wrong if you've been trying to paint the steeple for 10 years and you ain't painted it yet. I ain't sewing into that. Something's wrong there. That's like some of you going and giving your tithe money to, that, to your broke sibling that's sitting out there going buying reefer and smoking pot with it. And you can't, you can't figure out why God ain't bringing a harvest. Quit sowing it. Hallelujah. I helped somebody then too. But I'm telling you, we started sowing into that thing. And the pastor was so shocked. He wrote me a letter and said, I don't know why you're giving it. Did you mean to give it? I said, of course we meant to give it. What's on you? I want over here. And I'm telling you, it wasn't two years later. We moved into this place and I give God glory debt free. And we give God the glory for what he's doing right now. And we see him continue to increase and we can see him to continue to multiply. Why? Because I wasn't sitting there critical of an anointing that I wanted. I sowed into an anointing that I wanted and watched it come on this house. This is kingdom thinking. This is where you got to get to. And when you get here, there will be no limitations on your life. God will bless everything you put your hands to. Now in a sign of surrender, lift your hands and say, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord, I receive. It's mine and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now tell him I will obey in every way that you have commanded me. I am yours. You are mine. I'm in covenant with you, God. In Jesus' name, pour your blessings, the blessings of Abraham, out on my life so abundantly I don't have room enough to contain it. In Jesus' name. I receive. Give him praise all over this place right now. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.